Artsville, Artsville, the happening town where art abounds. Artsville, Artsville, from Asheville town where art abounds. Artsville, Artsville, feeling mountain high and inspired in North Carolina. That's where you'll find us, amazing artists and designers. Oh yeah, Artsville from Asheville. Welcome to Artsville, the podcast that talks about how Asheville became Artsville. I'm your host, Sourdough, and I am with my colleague, the one and only Louise Glickman. Hey, Louise. Hey, Scott. How are you? Oh, my goodness. Well, I'm better now that we're together. I know. I've really missed you. With You've been busy, traveling. busy, busy, busy. Well, it's all for the love of art. I've gotten a lot done in New Orleans over Mardi Gras. So on the Artsville ah. blog, you'll see some amazing pictures, the art of costuming. You seem remarkably sober for having just come back from Mardi Gras. I mean, uh, it's quite a party. It was a big time party, and I'm definitely dry at the moment. <laughs> There's no more libation left. You drank it all. Okay, good. You got to take me sometime. Take me. Why, why aren't you taking me to Mardi Gras with you? I want to go. I've never been. You're so busy. You don't have time for such fun. But you know what? I have been involved in cultural tourism development and marketing of the arts in New Orleans for, let's just say, 25 plus years. Okay. <laughs> yes. And most people who come with me to either Mardi Gras Jazz Fest or one of the other times where the weather's good, they say that that's a whole side of New Orleans they've never known about. So while we're talking about tour groups, maybe I should start one. Absolutely. Well, you've got the expertise, the knowledge, experience, and uh, you know where the bodies are buried. So, <laughs> literally. Literally. literally, yes, literally. And, and that, there's a family joke in that that we won't bother getting into. No, it's not mafia related. It, but, uh, I, can, I can bring you back to 100 years worth of cemetery history. <laughs> My 10 year old grandson just came, and all he wanted to do was go see Marie Laveau's grave which is in St. Louis Cemetery. And so many people come to New Orleans and want to see Marie Laveau's grave and where Anne Rice was that they've had to close off the cemetery for certain hours. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Well, yeah, I guess I only hope to be so popular when I'm dead. I, I don't know. I don't know what to say to that. You know, I'm so glad you made it back. You seem to have made it back in one piece. No cold, no flu, no COVID. That's good. We're so uh, glad to be back in the studio together talking about this fantastic episode with Sherry Masters today. Our guest, the one and only Sherry Masters from Art Tours, Asheville, and Art Connections. She was such a, a, a lovely guest to have on and talk about the important work that she's doing. Tell me a little bit about how you and Sherry initially connected. Well, my husband, Daryl, and I have known Sherry from back in the days when she was the general manager and the art buyer, more importantly, at Grovewood Gallery, which is connected to the Grove Park Inn. But it is a wonderful gallery, one of my favorite galleries, and also has lots of wonderful sculpture. 
it has a sculpture garden. So when people are looking at wonderful pieces to put in their yard, or that's a good stop as well. And then I got a call one day from Sherry, which, and she said, you know, she said, I'm thinking about doing art tours here, specialized art tours. What do you think about that? So we sat down for a couple of hours, really, and talked about what that business might look like. And lo and behold, here we are 10 years later, and she has really provided a truly important professional service for people who come and visit Asheville and want to find art, craft for their home, or maybe they're collectors, they just want one piece, or even people who move to Asheville and can't get a handle on what they're looking for or where to go look for it, where she serves as a consultant. So it's a pretty amazing business that she's built. Yeah, it's sort of a dream job as far as I'm concerned. Good for her. And uh, I'm a little envious, but I was so happy to connect with her for the show today. And it was such a joy to chat with her. Her energy is just so pleasant and lovely. Clearly, she shares our values in terms of spreading the love for artists and, and their work. Well, I would like to suggest that anybody who's coming to Asheville doesn't have that much time, but really wants to get a handle on maybe they have a certain kind of art that they collect or a certain kind of art they're interested, or maybe they're artists who want to meet like-minded artists, whatever floats your boat. If you don't have a lot of time and want a specialized tour, Art Connections and Sherry Masters is the only one who does that. And I might add that Sherry and her husband are both originally from Asheville. That is virtually unheard of here. (laughs) Almost everybody has moved here from somewhere else. So over generations, she has gained the trust of people in our community to handle these things professionally. I mean, not every collector really wants to invite people from out of town into their homes, but they trust Sherry. So if you have certain things in mind you want to see here, there's no obligation to buy. The costs for these tours are very reasonable, but you can get to see in a short period of time what you're interested in. It's highly specialized. That's fantastic because, I, speaking for myself, I know when I travel to Asheville, it's overwhelming in terms of the abundance of artists and art. And, you know, you scratch the, I scratched the surface, you know, in the course of a couple of days, a few days. Part of it was just me fumbling around trying to figure out where to go and what to see. And then also experiencing incredible FOMO because I knew I was missing out on so much. But Sherry Masters and and her art connections and art tours Asheville, I mean, she is exact. I wish I had known about her because I I, I was her ideal customer <laughs> and I am her ideal customer. Well, all I can tell you is I've lived here since 2001 and I went on one of her tours to visit Vicki and Dan Exick, two amazing artists who live up near Penland in the most spectacular setting that's inspirational for artists, period, or anybody else. And I had the most amazing inspirational day. 
I think people think people like you and me, Scott, who live and breathe art and emerging artists and how to help artists show their work, think that it's that's all we do and it's inspiring every single day. Well, it is most days, but some <laughs> days I need a kick in the butt. And I will promise you that if you take a tour with Sherry Masters, you'll feel differently. You'll come away just full of inspiration. Well, that is the perfect segue into this interview. And we should get right into this with Sherry with that segue. And and, and of course, I want to, before we do, I want to encourage all of our listeners to please Google Sherry Masters. Check out her website, arttoursashville.com. And when you're traveling to Western North Carolina, look her up and book a tour because you will be truly inspired and, and transformed by the experience. And so without further ado, Louise, let's get into this and hear from the one and only Sherry Masters. Sherry Masters, welcome to Artsville. Thanks so much. Oh my it's gosh, this, this is awesome. It, well, the pleasure is all ours. I mean, this is fantastic. I mean, when it comes to telling the story of how Asheville became Artsville, when it comes to telling the stories of all the amazing artists, artisans, craftspeople, I just like to call them artists, all the artists in Asheville, you know, there's no better person than you to help us celebrate and elevate the amazing artists that are there in Asheville. Thank you for being here. Thank you. Scott, I want to say when I looked at your website, I kind of felt like we could be siblings. We could be brother and sister because we do so much that's similar by supporting artists. Oh, thank you for saying that. No, that's right. We share a common passion and calling and values for the importance and the power of, of, of artists and art in the world. And we need more artists and art in the world, not less. In terms of what we do and what you do and what we do together, I feel like we provide a really important service for artists because if anything, artists, they want to make the art and they want to leave the amplification right to others. And, and the work you do, exactly. you the work you do, Sherry, I mean, is all about amplification and connection and empowerment and networking and you through your tours, bringing arts enthusiasts, perhaps savvy collectors or just complete newbies who are just, you know, interested in learning about Asheville, your tours bring the people straight to the artist studio. And that's just such a powerful experience that you're creating for people. Thank you. That's what I aim to do. That's why I named my business Art Connections. I felt like I was trying to be a bridge. When did that inspiration come to you? What was the afflatus, the, the moment of clarity when you said, okay, art connections, studio tours for artists, this is what I want to do. This is what I need to do. Wait, what, take us back. When was that? And what was the catalyst for that insight? I had been working uh, with artists for, at that point, about 25 years and in retail, in fine craft galleries. And I just I had two sons, young, I think they were around eight and 12, but I was missing being home. And I felt like the hours that retail demanded, I was, I was getting tired of that and I was just looking for another opportunity. So I was looking around because I wanted to stay in this area and I really didn't find anything for a while. But then my family and I went on a vacation to Mexico and while we were there, we hired a tour guide and we customized what we wanted to do. And when we got back home, 
I was thinking about that and I realized that's the perfect job for me. That's something I could do. And that at that time, no one was doing art tours in Asheville. There had been someone years prior, but at that time it had been a while since anyone was doing it. So I felt like it was time to step in. <laughs> yeah. And isn't that fascinating, right? Because you know, timing is everything, but the fact that you were able to step into that void, the fact that there was a void, right? It's such an obvious service to provide both artists and tourists and travelers coming to Asheville to be able to make those connections because it's quite intimidating. I mean, I've, I've been to Asheville once anyway, and you know, it's just overwhelming, and, you know, where do I go and, and who do I talk to? And, oh, my gosh, there's so much I'm missing. You have FOMO and you know, it's 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 it's, it's <laughs> exactly. real. It's it very real. Overwhelming. It really can be. If you just try to see a few galleries that can take up your time. But so many people want something more personal, mm -hmm. especially if they're artists or collectors. So let's just go back very specifically to how people engage you and what the experience is like for them as they sign up for a tour or connection. How do they find you, uh, number one, I guess? And then when they sign up, is it sort of a cut to fit kind of experience where you're tailor making the tour based on that client? And, and by the way, what if it's only one person? Are you doing a tour for, for groups or just single people, private, you know, one-on-one -on -one tours? I mean, take us through the kind of nuts and bolts of, of how people find you and engage you and then go on tour with you. Sure. I'll jump around all of that information. I take tours for people from one up to large groups and I've done step-on bus tours. I've hired minivans. Well, I have a minivan, but I've mm -hmm. hired 15 passenger vans and take big groups. My favorite is to take small groups. I love taking small groups because you can really talk and you can learn more about each other. You become friends. You can have just you know a casual day, and I can customize it a lot more if it's a small group. So I advertise locally on our Visitors Bureau website and my own website, and I've done lots of advertising. Years ago, I, I did advertising in American Craft Magazine. I really went to the high bar in yeah. Penland Auction Magazine or Catalog. I have my brochures around town. Sometimes it's really just word of mouth. So, well, Sherry, that sounds great. Can you give me a few examples of your tours and, and how they go? I'd love to do that. I had an early experience just a few years after I started my business that kind of changed my opinion about how to promote what I was doing. I had been just thinking about tours, just half day or full day tours. But then I met a couple who moved from California to Asheville. They brought with them some of their favorite art pieces, and they were at a local frame shop. They needed their art reframed for their new home, and they wanted to meet local artists. So they asked, how can we do that? And I happened to have my brochures there, and one of the staff knew of me. So she connected us, and this was in the winter, so it was a slow time. But this couple went with me on three full days of visiting galleries and studios in the area. And they just wanted to support local people and they wanted to meet locals. They wanted to have a lot to choose from. So at the end of, you know, it was almost a month, 
We went out maybe once a week. They looked at all their photos, their measurements, you know, the prices of everything, and they made their decisions, and they purchased 20 pieces of art. That was just really eye-opening to me, like, oh, wow, I can help people find things for their homes. So I've been fortunate to be able to do that. Another experience more recently was a couple who were just getting out of Florida. They had some construction in their home, and they wanted to go on a trip during the construction. So they came to Asheville, and they stayed at a local bed and breakfast who I have a relationship with. The bed and breakfast locally promotes me on their website. So this couple found me. And as soon as they contacted me, they let me know right away that they were collectors. And they had an amazing glass collection already. They showed me pictures of their glass that they had in their home. So I responded just giving them names of the glass artists here in Western North Carolina. Of course, they knew of a lot of those artists. So then I started contacting to see who we could set up visits with. And we spent a day and a half visiting people. One really highlight was one of the artists said, well, why don't you just have lunch at our house? So it was really special for them and for me too. It was fun. That's amazing. One thing about that, it's interesting to me what people say when they're here in Asheville about the area. Many times they've never been here before. That particular couple just kept commenting on the trees. They had never seen so many different trees. So they were just amazed at the foliage here in the mountains. So it's fun. It's fun to be a local and to kind of show people what's behind the scenes. Yeah, the big city does not have the diversity of species in trees uh, (laughs) that uh, you guys have. And it's so amazing there, especially in the fall. My God, it's, it's, it's absolutely stunning. Do you have a third example, another example of how your tours? Yeah, let's hear it. Yes. Actually, just a few months ago, I had a wonderful client, just one lady who's a business owner in Durham, North Carolina, four hours away from Asheville. She came for a week. She wanted to get away and have a vacation just herself. Again, she stayed at the bed and breakfast that I just mentioned, and She was a ceramics collector. She and her mother together had been collecting ceramics from this couple who live in Asheville, the Larsons, Tyrone and Julie Larson, who are now in their 80s. So this client was hoping to meet the Larsons, and then she had other requests that she wanted to see on her tour. So I was able to set that up. Even though they're in their 80s and don't work as much, they, those artists still have a presence in the River Arts District. So we went there first on our tour, and Julie Larson invited us to come to their home the next day. So uh, that wow. extended our tour and just really was a special treat for this client and for me. Mm-hmm. So we proceeded throughout our day to have a great tour, and we visited three other artists, and this client bought at every studio. And then when she got home in the you know later months, actually close to Christmas, she contacted me again and said, I've decided on another painting. So I delivered that one to her. That's amazing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. What I love about what you do is that you're, you're humanizing the artists, right? And I think artists, you know, they have this mystique 
about them. They don't necessarily intend to have that mystique, but I think most, a lot of average folks out there who may not engage with artists or the arts very much imagine. They intimidated. Yeah, they're intimidated, right? So, so it's mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, these are magical creatures. Maybe I shouldn't go <laughs> talk to them or touch them or, you know, whatever. And the reality is, right, of course, if we can pull the veil back a little bit and make those art connections, make those, see what I did there, art connections? That's right. Make those art connections, which are really just human connections, right? And you're That's humanizing right. the artist, you're humanizing art and democratizing art in the process. And that's, of course, so important for artists to earn a living because we need more people coming to feel good and, and confident, right, about engaging with artists and buying art. So I, th- I just love what you do. It's so important. Thank you. The clients always find that they have something in common with the artists. Yeah. 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 Well, that's, that's just it. Really oh, right. You're human too. Okay. <laughs> So Sherry, I want to talk a little bit about your art consulting because I'm guessing it changes and you adjust based on who you're consulting, right? So if you're dealing with somebody who's maybe a little more experienced or a little savvy, a little more comfortable buying art and working with artists, I'm guessing your approach with that person is very different than when you're working with somebody who is completely new and enthusiastic and curious, but maybe doesn't know a lot. And So can you talk a little bit about how you work with your clients in terms of how you meet them where they're at? Sure. Thank you. I think it's very similar to how I plan my short experiences with people when I take them on a tour. Um, I just try to get as much information from the client, what they're looking for. Maybe they send me images of their home. They talk about the space and what they already have purchased in their home or what, what else they would like to add. And then I just kind of mull through all the feedback they've given me for a while. And then I give them some options and ideas. And then we start from there and we just try to visit and let them connect and see who they really connect with and what artwork speaks to them most. But I have to keep in mind their budget as well. And like you said, some are newbies and just really want to start with maybe a few small pieces, but other people have done this before and they may want to go with, you know, the big names or buy a really important piece for their collection. So each experience has been unique and that's what makes this job so fun for me and why I love it so much. So, you know, it is interesting. You talk about the economics of it because clearly budgets are real. (laughs) You know, I wish I had more money for art than I do. But I'm also guessing, you know, sometimes, right, maybe when you're dealing with newbies as well, maybe they think, you know, art is very expensive. Maybe they can't afford it. Of course, we know that there's amazing affordable art out there for most people, right? And so talk a little bit about how you navigate that conversation. But then I'm also curious about, you know, the kinds of conversations you have for those collectors who maybe are very motivated by not just, well, maybe motivated by the collectability of a piece in terms of its potential upside for, you know, appreciation over time. Talk a little bit about how you deal with those very different kinds of collectors. Mm, I mean, I started collecting, I guess I started buying art when I was in college and it was usually, you know, ceramic pieces that I could afford. So I can totally relate to those folks who are just starting. And you're right, there are so many artists here. There are people who really have very affordable but very high quality works. And I just try to give people as many options in that regard as I can. 
as far as kind of explaining to collectors, I guess I depend a lot on the resume of the artist and just what I have known about them. I try to kind of stay up with who's doing what in the area, where their shows are, if they're you know, showing out of the area, and if they've really been recognized. Many of the artists here locally are internationally known, and you know, within their medium of artwork, I can talk about that. For example, wood turners would be a great example. Someone who was not in the area until just a couple years ago, David Ellsworth now lives here, and he was one of the founders of the American Association of Woodturners. He probably is the founder. So he teaches woodturning in his studio and has people come from everywhere. And he is very gracious when he's not teaching to let me bring visitors in and see him. So there's people like that. Oh my goodness. Yeah. I'm just curious. So, so if I was a rich billionaire and I'm not, but boy, wouldn't it be nice, I guess. But if I came to Asheville and I said, you know, Hey Sherry, I'm only interested in buying glass that is going to appreciate in value over the next 10 years, because I want to sell it in 10 years and make a profit. Is that a kind of a consultation that you feel comfortable with? Is Do you get that kind of questions from time to time from well-heeled collectors? I don't honestly get that too often. I have, but I would love to have that conversation more with people. I'm <laughs> yeah, certainly right. able to take them to those artists. And there are those artists that live here in this region. Mark Pizer, I'll name drop that one. Name drop all um, you want. Yeah. Who are the who are those artists? Yeah. Like I mean, like right now, if 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 I was that guy and I said I only want to buy glass from artists who who are at that tier one international coveted kind of collectible reputation, who would you take me to? Mr. Pizer, who's in his 80s, but still working and making, has an amazing studio and just very gracious, wonderful person to talk to and sit and just hear stories from. I would try for him. John Littleton and Kate Vogel are others who you know, just live 15, 20 minutes away from Mr. Pizer. We would go there. Those two, when I had the glass collectors a couple of summers ago, you just have to call artists and say, are you available? And I found some are just not available. They didn't have any work in the studio or they're currently remodeling or just things happen. So I kind of just have to throw out lots of suggestions. Right. Someone who's not a per se a glass artist, but who does is a mixed media artist and does work often in glass is Michael Sherrill. And he's amazing. He's just amazing. He would be someone I would take you to and let you spend your millions there. <laughs> <laughs> My imaginative millions. I love it. I look forward to that. Yeah. Um, that's just lovely. You know, one of the things, Sherry, that, that we haven't talked about, I really want to better understand is your socialization around art. I mean, did you grow up in a house with artists and art? Did you, how did you fall in love with art? How did this happen? It's more about making, you know, that I love and more about people who are just willing to try. And I grew up in a family, my dad was a machinist and he could fix anything in my opinion. Yeah. And my mom was a teacher And my grandmothers both influenced me. They taught me to quilt and to sew. And my one grandmother had made rugs during the Depression to help bring some income into her home. And 
My other grandmother, her family made chairs. They sold the traditional Appalachian little wooden chairs. So I have it in my family, but it wasn't something I really was important to my parents to collect art or to have a lot of art, but I loved it. Anytime my mom would let me spend any money, it was to buy, you know, some little craft kit to try it on my my own. It just was such a peaceful thing to do. And I felt empowered, you know, making things myself. So that's kind of pursued. I pursued that. I actually went to college for fashion merchandising. So I never really wanted to do that. That's Louise's job, but it was closest. It was the closest thing at the college to what I knew in textiles and the fiber industry and things like that. Yeah. Where'd you go to college? (laughs) Just here locally, Uh Mars Hill University. It's a little college, just a few miles from where I grew up. Yeah. There's so many interesting schools and obviously so much history there. When you think about Asheville, whether it's Black Mountain or, or Penland or, you know, any of these amazing institutions, like what do you think in, in your own view, in your own words, like what, what is the influence of say a Penland, you know, and, oh and other goodness. schools in the history and the, the story of, of Asheville? And by the way, how do you bring that into your tours and, and do you, and how do you speak to the fundamental influence of these amazing institutions? Well, so many people ask that question when they're with me about why there's so much fine craft and art here in this area. And Penland certainly comes up in the conversation. So does John Campbell Folk School and the Southern Highland Craft Guild. All of those things play a big role. It's kind of strange, you know, growing up, you don't really know what's in your backyard or how important it is to other people in the country. Growing up here, I didn't really know about Penland. I didn't know that much about this area. In fact, one of my first jobs in craft gallery, we went to Philadelphia for a buyer's market. Hundreds and hundreds of artists set up there to sell to galleries and to meet galleries and place orders for their year. And I went in the early 90s, expecting to kind of just have to tell people where I was from and explain it. And in fact, they were telling me, you know, they knew all about Asheville and they had friends here and they've been and it's such a craft center. And it really surprised me. But yeah, I soon learned the importance of my home region for the craft scene. You were sort of born and raised in the Mecca. I was which I wish there were more opportunities for local kids, you know, in in high school to experience that. Penland has what they call community day. People can come and just try out art on a Saturday afternoon for a few hours. And I've gone to that with my kids a few times, try out the wood studio and the blacksmith studio. And it was really good. Well, so I have to ask, and, you know, I want to be respectful of your time because I know how busy you are, but we can't wrap up without understanding about your practice and your art making. What art do you make, Sherry Masters? <laughs> well, you know, Scott, I think you can relate to this because I think that was part of an interview I watched on your website of people that people ask you, are you an artist? Everyone <laughs> asks me that. If if I'm an artist and I just tell them I don't sell things that I make, so I don't really consider myself an artist. I like to make things for my family and my friends. 
and it's usually in the textiles field. I've done a little bit of pottery. I've done a little bit of glass, but textiles is where I really love to spend my time. I make clothing, quilts, things like that. Yes, you and I could be siblings. We share so many things in common. <laughs> We're art siblings. It yes. is fascinating, right? Because I feel like people like us, we have such a, a reverence for artists that very reluctant to call myself an artist. You want to call me an artist? Fine. That's on you. <laughs> but I once said to somebody, I said, okay, maybe I'm an artist with a lowercase a, but I'm definitely not an artist with a capital A. <laughs> Well, Scott, I also think that there's a lot of creativity to just putting people together and thinking of ideas of how to promote people and yep. opportunities for making these connections happen. And there's quite, a, it's different, but it does take that creative mind. Yes. Well, I'll see you and raise you one because the way I would put it, have put it, is that, isn't it ironic that the art world has been so devoid of innovation. When I'm talking about primarily on the kind of, shall we say, the marketing and the merchandising and the promotion and the business models, artists are always innovating in terms of making art. But in, when it comes to selling art, distributing art, marketing art, promoting art, there's been like zero innovation until recent years. And people such as yourself, and maybe me, but certainly you, are innovating, right? You're finding that white space and that blue sky opportunity to innovate and connect artists with art, with the art curious in, in interesting novel ways that needs to be done because the white cube gallery model doesn't serve 99.9% .9 of artists working today. I think the part that I love the most is just becoming a friend and making them feel comfortable and you know, having a really relaxed, good time on their visits. People so often say that, you know, they're just rushed all the time and they don't have space in their mind to even think about anything fun or creative. So I enjoy that a lot. Yeah. Somebody once said, you know, it's not work when you get paid to do what you love and, you know, we should do the things that we would do for free anyway. And you, my friend, I think check both those boxes. I think you found your calling and you do this for free if you if you had to, because you seem to be incredibly happy and aligned with your calling there to help artists. Thanks. I think so too. Thank yeah. you. I look forward to meeting you in Asheville. Me too. I'm overdue. Our mutual friend, uh, Louise Glickman's always reminding me that I need to get back out there and I do. I'll, be, I'll get out there this summer. I'll look forward to meeting you then, Sherry. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Artsville podcast. Please make sure to like this episode, write a review, and share it with your friends on social. Also, remember to subscribe so you get all of our new episodes. Artsville is produced by Crew West Studios in Los Angeles in partnership with Sand Hill Artist Collective in Asheville, North Carolina. Our theme music was created by Dan Ubik and his team at Danube Productions. Artsville is edited by We Edit Podcast and hosted by Captivate. Thanks again for listening to Artsville. We'll be back soon with another inspiring episode celebrating American contemporary arts and crafts from Asheville and beyond. Artsville, Artsville, the happening town where art abounds. Artsville, 
Hartsville, from Asheville town, where art abounds. Hartsville, Hartsville, feeling mountain high and inspired in North Carolina. That's where you'll find us, amazing artists and designers.